Hey y'all, it's Tyler Lindley, host of the Outbound Sales Lift. I'm back for part two of interviews at Inbound, a compilation of conversations I had with attendees and speakers at HubSpot's Inbound Conference. If you missed part one, you can find it in the Outbound Sales Lift podcast feed, the episode right before this one. This episode, part two today, focuses on social selling and how to establish trust and build relationships with prospects. I'll talk with Daryl Amy at Selling from the Heart, Ryan Johnson and Oliver Sockley at LinkedIn, and Ben Rubin, Revenue Director at Remotish, among others. Listen for tips how to use LinkedIn to its full potential and improve your outreach. Nick Capozzi here from Demo Stack. What's up, Tyler? How are you doing, buddy? Doing well, hanging out here at Inbound. But you know what I'd love to talk about? The best $86 I spend every month, and that's on Sales Navigator, because we are here at LinkedIn. Sales Navigator is fantastic. And if your boss or your company won't pay for Sales Navigator, $86. Don't buy an Xbox game. Get Sales Navigator every month. Dude, it's really cost-effective. How do you feel like reps should be leveraging Sales Navigator? What do you do on Sales Navigator that unlocks more conversations with good fit prospects? Well, it's something like a Zoom info but on steroids because you're getting everything that someone thought enough about to put on their professional accreditation which is essentially it so there's a lot of gold in there a lot of things you can go through on linkedin to find talking points to find ways to connect with people to find ways to build rapport 100 percent. and you are not at linkedin you're with demo stack what are you doing here at inbound well, I'm hanging out right now with you here at the LinkedIn booth, which is very exciting. Talking about LinkedIn, you know, let's talk about this. What are some of the great ways to social sell on LinkedIn? Because one of the questions I get all the time is, Nick, how do I get better at social selling? And I think there's three ways that you can social sell on LinkedIn. One is creating content, which is obvious. The other is curating content. Be a news source with a little bit of info on what's going on. Just set up some Google alerts on whatever your ICP is thinking about. And that's a great thing to talk about. And then finally, the third, and this is the key pillar, is commenting on content. Find 100 people you want to follow. Find people you want to get in front of. Tyler, I'll ding your bell, so I'm following you as a creator, and every time that you come up, if I'm trying to get a meeting with you, yep. what I'm going to do is, every because we all get imposter syndrome no matter how many times we post. Oh, 100%. I have it right now. <laughs> but what happens is, is, if I'm the first person to comment on your post, let's say five, six, seven days in a row, and then I ask you for a meeting, you're going to say yes? I'm going to strongly think about it. I might check out the profile first, which to me, the fourth pillar, if I were to add one, is your profile is a landing page for your prospects. It needs to have something that speaks to them in some way such that it is informational. It gives them a reason to lean in and want to learn more versus it just looking like a resume, like you're looking for a job. What do you think? 100% it's your personal business landing page, right? So that's critical. And there's no one better than Brian Mosier from Scaled Consulting. Follow Brian. Brian's got amazing tips on how to set up your profile, what should be in there, what you're trying to do, depending on who your ICP is, who you're trying to get in touch with, but Brian's one of the best at that. Scaled SK, right? SK? S-K-A-L-E-D, Jake Dunlop's company, Hannah Ajikawa is there, yeah, Brian yeah. Mosier is there, they got a great team, uh, one of my favorite teams to work with, uh, but Brian is the king of this kind of strategy on LinkedIn, so definitely follow Brian Mosier, M-A-U-C-E-R-E, on LinkedIn. And another piece of advice, too, is actually put yourself out there. I mean, I think you and I have seen each other at multiple events coming out and creating content. A lot of people aren't even willing to attend, much less create content, kind of like what you were mentioning about just commenting on others. Yep. If you're not going to be willing to create content on your own, which is totally fine, not yep. for everybody, at least show up, attend, have conversations, whether it's digitally or in person, go where your prospects are and start having conversations. And it's so easy to open a conversation when you're wearing one of these because everyone else is too, right? So I just look down a little bit. I'm like, oh, hey, Brian 
Ryan, how are you? Hey, Michael, how are you? Right? It's, I've been waiting for you. It's so easy. Isn't it's, that, it's the best thing is you can never forget someone's name when they've got the badge on, right? Absolutely. But it's a great opener. Everyone, it and it catches you off guard because you forget you're wearing a badge. So if yeah. I'm walking through and I'm like, hey, Tyler, you're like, how did... Who, who's this guy? I took my badge off, so now you're. <laughs> luckily, you know. <laughs> and now, you know, especially with these like great tech, like I just click this here at inbound, click it twice, it goes green, and then I just tap it to yours, and hey, now we're friends. I'm just now getting to know. There's a lot of new technology for these in-person events. What else have you learned at inbound this week that you're going to take back to your role? You really need a booth. You need the booth. I've heard you say both. You need a booth. You don't need a booth. So you think you need a booth to be successful at a conference? It depends on who your ICP is, right? For uh, like, for example, I'll be at another conference next week in San Francisco where I know like hundreds of people. So that's easy to have conversations. Here I don't know as many because I've been in the sales side, less on the marketing side. So what we're doing is experimenting with different approaches. Like how do we start these conversations? How do we engage people? How do we get them interested in having a conversation with us yeah. about how we can help marketers? Which I think it's more than just the booth too. I mean, I've seen a lot of people this week hosting events, right? Where they have events whether they're on-site or they're off-site, yep. try to get people engaged, involved. Hey, are you, what are you doing this evening at 6? We've got an event coming. Make sure you're RSVP. Seems like that's another effective strategy. Well, that's one of the things I did yesterday. I walked around with a Sales by JB Sales. They had an event more yep. social than SaaS last night. I walked around the whole day with little 6 by 6 inch card that they had with a QR code on. I'm like, you guys come to this? You, gotta, you don't want to miss this. <laughs> right? And there was like three, 400 people there last night. It was fantastic. JB always puts on a great show. Yeah, JB does do a great job of that. And all you had was a card and a QR code. You didn't have a booth. You were just walking around having conversations, right? And last thing, too, I don't want to forget about this. What I've actually done here, if you give me a second, I'll show you. My home screen is saved as a photo of my QR code from LinkedIn. So it's super easy to connect with people because I don't want to just connect with them here. I want to connect with them on LinkedIn. And I don't want them just following me. I want them to connect. So I always say, hey, do me a favor, scan this, and click connect, not follow. Pro tip. I've got to try to get that in place before the conference is over here. Nick, it's always a pleasure. Really appreciate you stopping by and excited to be chatting LinkedIn and prospecting here at Inbound. Today, I've got Ryan Johnson and Oliver Sockley at LinkedIn. I and mean, we're going to be talking a little bit about prospecting, especially for SDRs out there wondering how can you best utilize LinkedIn. So guys, any tips to share? How should you be leveraging LinkedIn as an SDR doing outbound prospecting in 2022? What does that look like? So as a top performing AE, I came from being an SDR and BDR. And the way to do so is leveraging LinkedIn real-time data in order to reach out to people, be consistent, and really follow a multi-touch approach that's usually being able to target specific people, think big, whether it's a top-down approach, starting with C-level folks, or working a bottom-up approach. I think consistency is the biggest thing to do. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yep, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I've got a shameless plug for LinkedIn Sales Navigator, but using LinkedIn's data, like Oliver said, to be a little bit more strategic with your outreach, who are the right people to be talking to? I think there's a really interesting stat. People that are new to their roles are 66% more likely to respond to outreach on LinkedIn. So targeting people based on some specific data points, I think is really a great way to go about it and using LinkedIn's data to do so. Awesome. So really keeping an eye on that job change in the last 90 days. What about for those SDRs out there that can't convince their manager to buy Sales Navigator? How would you go to as an SDR and say, like, hey, I mean, I need Sales Navigator. How would you make that case? I think it's a great question. I would look at what you're using today. If you're just using the phones or you're just using emails, you can have as many phone numbers and many emails. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get responses. And so that's where we need to be strategic with how we're reaching out to folks to make sure that we are getting the attention of our buyers. 
it's getting a lot harder to get the attention of people today. I'm sure you get a lot of emails in your inbox. And so oftentimes it's what actually stands out. So looking for those mutual relationships, those job changes, people who follow your company, that warmer outreach is going to yield oftentimes higher response rates. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And how has LinkedIn changed in the last you know few years with the pandemic? Is LinkedIn use on the uptick? And what is the difference in the platform from a few years ago to today? LinkedIn's definitely become a B2B platform, right? We have over 800 million members today. And that's a lot of people. Are all of those relevant to you? Definitely not. So how can we really hone in and focus on the people that matter most? I think biggest advice in leveraging LinkedIn data is even as an SDR, I think bigger, right? What do you want to do next? Do you want to be an AE? Do you want to be an RM? What can you do today to get yourself ready for that next job? So how can we really qualify those leads before passing them on? How can we ensure we have all the relevant data whenever we reach out? It's customized, it's relevant, and people want to respond to it. Just put yourself in their, their shoes. Yeah, that's awesome. Any other best practices for prospecting on LinkedIn? A lot of SDRs are trying to figure out, how the heck do I do social selling? Should I use video? Should I use LinkedIn voice message? There's a lot of tools, but what is most effective this day and age for prospecting on LinkedIn towards prospects? Yeah, I don't think you're like this answer, but a combination of everything. Okay. I mean, we're not here to say, like, stop using the phones or stop using email. I think it's just having a multi-channel approach. So cold calling is not dead? No, I would say it's, it's still relevant in a lot of scenarios, but just having a multi-channel approach where you're using maybe the insights that you gathered from LinkedIn to inform your strategy on email, on the phones, and also on LinkedIn. So having a multi-channel approach is definitely where you're going to see the highest results. And I love voice messages. I think they're a great call out there. Love the way voice messages show up. It's like the coolest voicemail ever, right? You want to click on it. Anything else you'd add, Oliver? I think it's really important to just be relevant in today's world. How can we ensure that we're capturing our prospects approach? I think cold calling is honestly kind of dead if you're just reaching out to people and out of the blue with no purpose to your outreach. So a good way to do that is start with LinkedIn, start with an in-mail, hit some three different places, their app, LinkedIn.com, and email. So by the time you send a cold email or a, give them a call, they already are a little familiar with your name and your company name, and you have something to refer back to and that's what worked for me when I was an SDR here at LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ryan and Oliver. Appreciate you hopping on the Outbound Sales Lift to talk a little bit about LinkedIn and prospecting. Everybody check out LinkedIn.com. If you haven't heard of it, you've been living under a rock. So uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, guys. here at the LinkedIn booth with Daryl Amy, who is from Selling from the Heart and also the author of Revenue Growth Engine. Daryl, how's it going? Oh man, it's fantastic. It is great to be here. I am learning so many new things today, meeting cool people like you. Yeah. So what a great event. Such an exciting time right now to be in sales, in business development, so many new opportunities. But you know, one thing, Tyler, I think uh, my very first company I worked for had a phrase. They said, the old is forever new. And I think with all the incredible technologies, all the new strategies, all the shiny objects, sometimes <laughs> the reality is when it comes to growing business, when it comes to prospecting, yep. authenticity has yep. got to be below all of it. Because really what we're aiming at is building trust. Mm. And one of the best things I heard yesterday was from one of my favorite authors, Marcus Sheridan. He said, you know what, guys, how many of you think Facebook's going to be around in 20 years? And what was the response? I don't know. I mean, I don't know, right? But the reality is platforms are going to change. But the one thing that's never going to change is trust. And as an SDR, 
as a BDR, as a full cycle sales professional, it doesn't matter where you are in the sales flow. The reality is we've got to be able to quickly build and sustain trust with our prospects and clients. And this is the old that's forever new. This is the unchanging thing. And I'm really passionate and we're passionate, me and Larry Levine, my co-host at Selling from the Heart, we're passionate about helping sales professionals build and sustain trust throughout the sales cycle. And it's got to get started early. Yeah, which I think that's a lot of what our audience is kind of thinking about. How do I build authenticity and trust early on when I'm just starting to establish a relationship, right? A lot of our SDRs are out there cold calling, they're cold emailing, they're social selling on LinkedIn. And it's hard to establish that trust and authenticity initially. What do you think should be done at the beginning of the sales process to start to build that trust and authenticity? It's a great question. We're going to be talking a lot about that during the trust building challenge, which is actually next week. I'm so excited about it. But trust is a two-sided coin. If you think about trust, you've got on one side of the coin, you've got authentic relationship. And so as SDRs, it's really, really critical that we use tools like LinkedIn to be able to go out and go, okay, how can I bridge some actual human connection with that person? And technology can help that as well, right? You think about the video apps now where we can now get some signals on who that person is, what makes them tick, where's our commonality, and then leverage video. The other side of the trust coin is meaningful value. Mm. And so here's the deal, and value is in the eye of the beholder. So every prospect has different things that are important to them. So we can get signals by their role. And in Revenue Growth Engine, I I say buyers don't buy your products and services. They buy the outcomes the products and services enable. Preach, Daryl, preach. Come on, man. I always talk into my SDRs about problems and outcomes, right? What problems are we solving for our prospects and what outcomes are we helping them deliver? Not features and benefits, right? So that's the thing. It, you know, and I I say every SDR, every sales professional and every marketing professional, hey, tip of the hat, we're at (laughs) at Inbound, going to Outbound in two weeks, by the way. What a fun month, Inbound and Outbound. But every marketing sales professional needs to know the current outcomes. And when I say outcomes, it needs to be specific. We need to be current. It doesn't need to be marketing gobbledygook, like (laughs) I can help you be more productive and increase efficiencies and enhance security. It's gotta be specific. And so when you get those two things right, when you're prospecting authentic relationship, where's my point of connection with that person? Meaningful value, what outcome might be meaningful to that person based on other people you've talked to? then you start to build trust. Mm. So leveraging, almost leveraging like maybe other connections, other relationships. I think a lot of SDRs struggle too because they say, well, I don't really have a network, you know? Like I'm just getting started in my career. How do I build a network? How do I build those referral pieces where I could tap somebody else to make an introduction? Well, and that's, you know, this is why it's so critical that you build your network. And it's not, it's, you know, a lot of times we think, well, we got to build this network of contacts inside the companies where we want to work. You actually need to build your network everywhere, Mm. who you went to school with, who you serve on nonprofits with. I don't serve on a nonprofit. Well, fix that. (laughs) Get engaged. Who you know in your local community in this network then becomes a springboard. Who did you meet at Inbound 2022? I met Tyler, right? exactly. And now we're starting a relationship, right, that who knows what will happen. Absolutely. Larry Levine is our podcast co-host at Song from the Heart. And his famous line, I just love this, your network is your net worth. And this network of people that you have, think beyond the companies that you want to call on, your ICP. Yes, of course you need to know who those people are, but it's your other, your broader network that is going to be the point of connection to get into that account. 
and you know more people than you think you know. I mean, whether it's, you, like you said, from school, your community, your family. I mean, but here's the thing. I think we do a poor job of just like making those connections. Go out and reach out to those people on LinkedIn. Go give them a call, give them an email, tell them what you're up to. That's I right. think a lot of people are just scared. Oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to, it'll be right. annoying, right? But we are in the business of making connections, especially in sales. And the more connections you have, the higher That's opportunity right. you have to leverage those connections. Absolutely. And so SDRs, whether you've been doing this for a long time, whether you're brand new in the profession, start building your network. And yes, of your prospects, but build your network of people you went to school with. Build your network of people you're on sports teams with. These are going to be the bridges into those accounts to start to create that point of authentic relationship. This is the foundation. Here's the deal. I'm going to invent a new term. So we have MQLs, we're at inbound marketing qualified leads. We have SQLs, sales qualified leads. I'm going to invent a new term. It's a TQL. It's a trust qualified lead. Have we got at least one point of relational connection? And do we understand what meaningful value is? That's a trust qualified lead. Because now I've got a bridge to relate to as a human and to understand the outcomes you want. So you heard it here first, folks, TQLs. I don't know if that's going to catch on. It might. This is what we really need to be aiming at. And, you know, I think a lot of times as SDRs, we're just aiming at get the appointment, get the appointment. Volume, activity, quick, yeah, more. Yes, yes, we want the appointment, but we want some nugget of trust in that appointment. Right if that makes sense, some nugget of relationship. Well, I think it's just validation. I was just looking at some dialer tools and the first thing I did was not go to Google. I went to my network and said, who's using dialers? And which one do you recommend? Which one integrates well with HubSpot? It's community minded. And it's funny, I think Darmesh talked about it in his keynote, was talking about the power of community, community driven growth, which I think is almost like what's to come. And I think SDRs have to do a better job of building their own communities now that they can leverage either in their SDR role or any future sales role they have in the future. It's amazing. I could talk about community forever, but one of the things we've learned at the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group, which we're building this community of authentic sales professionals. Hey, community-driven growth. And there's another part of the network. So you build a network with other sales professionals and you become not just not just lead-sharing people, but you actually become friends mm. and you build those relationships and that's where the good stuff starts yeah. to happen, yeah. right? That's where the really good stuff starts to happen. So my encouragement to SDRs is build your network network and build your business acumen. If you get those two things going, you'll have the foundation for trust. Yep. And there's a ton of communities out there, but I don't have to list them off. So if you're an SDR, go get involved in a community. Daryl, great catching up. I'll be at Outbound too. So we'll see you in a few weeks. Two weeks, maybe we'll do this again. (laughs) We'll do it again. See what we learn. Got Ben Rubin, Revenue Director at Remotish, hanging out at Inbound up in Boston. Ben, how's it going? How is it going? Holy cow, look at this. This is incredible. You don't even see everything that's over there. Lots of, lots of stuff going on right now. <laughs> this is sensory overload, but it's amazing. This is re-energizing because all these people, I've never met you in person. Yeah, We're here in person. I get to touch you. <laughs> this is amazing. In the flesh. Connection. <laughs> this connection, it's real. It's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool to meet people. We've made a connection online, yeah. on LinkedIn. You've been on the podcast, but it's so cool to actually come and be back in person. What do you think the value of being in person at a conference is like this for taking some of those remote relationships to like a, a more human relationship? Yeah, so I've been chatting with some people about that, and it feels like there's, and even on Yamini's keynote, right, she talked about digital fatigue. 
it's real. We're exhausted of seeing someone's face in a screen. So what happens though is, is we built these amazing relationships virtually across the country, across the world. But what happens is as you're building those relationships, they deepen, right? You get to know people more, the connection comes there. Then you get to shake their hand <laughs> and the relationship is just like, yeah. Yeah, right? it's different. It is, it's, it's so different. different. It adds another layer of depth, right? And color to the connection, the relationship, and building these engagements. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's been an awesome experience based off of so many people networking. If you all have followed my hashtag Friday Jams. We love the hashtag Friday Jams. That's where you're doing all the drumming, right? That's it. <laughs> so many people have come up to me and like, oh, it's Ben the drummer. And so yeah. it's been a blast to meet people that have followed that yeah. for a little bit too. You all right? Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. You've been doing that Friday Jams for a while now, but people to come up, me and Nick Capoza were talking about earlier, like the power of building a brand online. People came up knowing you just because of a cool little thing you started doing on Fridays, cool little a project, you know, and now it turned into a way for people to recognize you. Let's talk a little bit about that. How valuable is it to start building that personal brand? If you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're representing company or just yourself, how valuable is that personal brand that you can build online to deepening some of these relationships, whether it's in person or remote? Man, I'm tempted to say invaluable, huge. There's so many people here that I didn't know that I know now because of that branding that I've given myself. Everyone here, if, if you're checking this out, if you don't know Carl Ferreira, Carl's been on the podcast, yeah. his personal brand, people just know him. People know Carl because Carl puts out great content too. It's funny, I saw him last night yeah. and just like I saw you, gave him a big bear hug. Never met Carl in my life, but I've known him for years online and just know immediately there's a connection. Invaluable may be the word or at least just a massive amount of value because it's clear if you haven't been feeling it or if you haven't made that connection and if you didn't grab what Yamini was like really resonating with is it's time to reconnect and build community, then that's what it is. It's allowing who you are to be on the outside yeah. because people don't get that through the digital world. Right. We try to do that, but it's hard because it's a professional online experience. Let's talk a little bit about that. Part of the keynote this week was talking about that community, that community-driven growth, which I think a lot of what we're talking about, taking remote relationships you know, from online to in-person, but also just being a part of a community. I preach to a lot of SDRs out there and sales reps, join communities, you know, be a part of a group, find some people going through the same stuff you are so that you've got a community to lean on. What role is community going to play in kind of marketing and sales moving forward in the next few years? That's awesome because I think it's going to evolve. I am very hopeful. One word that we've been using at Remotus recently is vulnerability. People inside of these communities, and it's nothing bad, but even some of the experiences I've had here, people are like, yeah, I don't want to talk about the competitiveness between you're an agency, I'm an agency. Like, how was your Q3? It was good. I, was it? Are you being honest? Because I don't think so because there's a lot of other agencies that were like, Q3 was a disaster really? you know what i mean so i'm not so that vulnerability is you kind of push people on that a little bit and we're wanting a little bit of a deeper honest answer it sounds like yeah and i think that's where if we can go into a community with vulnerability that's where it's going to really empower those relationships because you can go into any community i can shake your hand and say no i'm the baddest mofo there is out there i don't have any challenges how am i learning how are you learning there's no point of that community then 
It's hard though to be vulnerable. It is. It's hard to be vulnerable. So when we think about community and being vulnerable, how do you do that though? Because it's hard for us in a professional setting, especially I see it a lot on LinkedIn, where people are kind of scared to drop that wall, scared to be human, scared to play drums on a Friday. You know what I mean? How have you done that? Because I think you've done a good job of being a little bit of vulnerable and showing your true self online and, and it matches what I'm seeing in person. Wow, so I think my experience might be a little different than others because I played in a original performing rock band for nine years. <laughs> so, so that's the key is to play in a rock band for a decade. Drumming videos, yeah. So being on multiple stages, sharing the stage with some huge touring acts, you break through those nerves. So I think it's about finding a moment when you can break through. Break through and challenge yourself and make it small steps. It doesn't always have to be the biggest step. And I think the other part is, is it's got to be authentically you. If it's not, then you're just being fake and you're putting things out there that you're not going to stand by, that it's the whole concept, like why lie? Because then you have to remember what you lied about. Well, be you so that you can just keep being you. Just keep being authentically you. Yeah, I, I'm the same version as I was on the podcast when we did a recording. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to change and be like, oh, oh, how, who was I? Who showed up as Ben that day? I try to preach this to the SDRs too, especially when they're creating videos, right? Video selling is obviously huge these days, and a lot of SDRs get really nervous about creating video. Everything's gotta be just right. I wanna be this perfect version of myself, and I, wanna, and I was like, no, 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 no. Just be the authentic version of yourself. Just be you. I'd say, one take Charlie, right? Whatever comes out first, is the best version of you. Even if the cat crawls by, or even if you say too many ums or uhs, it doesn't matter, that's you, that's being human. Yeah. And I think that's what resonates with people versus this perfectly manicured, overly edited, fake. People can see through that now. They can, and I like the concept, your worst performance is just your last one. I love that, I love that. Look at this guy, can we bring him in? I don't know, can we? He can come on in. Have you guys met? We haven't met. Hi. Look at this, this is amazing. Hey, this come on Mike. in. Hey, Mike, how's it going? This is Tyler. Tyler Lindley with Outbound Sales Lab. What's going on, Mike? Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm yeah. really glad to be here. What brings you here? I'm rocking my shoes. I'm repping marketingops.com. Marketingops.com? Nice. Yeah, just trying to build a community around marketing operations because it's super important. I was just talking to a guy about marketing operations last night. What does that even mean? I didn't really know. And he went on this five, 10 minute explanation and I kind of lost him a little bit, but what's your simplified version of marketing operations? The thing that we talk about on the podcast and what we say to all of our grandparents and parents is marketing operations is the IT of marketing. Okay. That's the best way I could possibly describe it. But it's literally like every interconnected system that needs to be managed between like a HubSpot and a Salesforce and where does your data go and what triggers the next nurture and all that stuff. That's managed by a marketing operations professional. So my show, Outbound Sales Lift, is for a lot of SDRs and SDR leaders. How should they be thinking about marketing operations? How are those two things related? Those two need to interact on a regular basis. I actually just met with a gentleman who now works for HubSpot as a sales rep, and he said, Mike's the guy that taught me everything I know about HubSpot. And part of that is that I went over and I sat down and I said, here, look, these are all the people visiting our website. This tool can show you these different insights. This is how this thing can enable you to go find better leads, close deals faster. Let me educate you on this. Show me how you're doing your day-to-day, -day, and I'll bet you I can help a little bit. I'm not going to mansplain anything to you. I'm just going to show you the art of the possible. And yeah. so those two have to interact that way. That's awesome. Yeah, I was talking about marketing and sales alignment, which I think is something we all have to work on, right? It's something we got to work on. It's a two-way street, and we've all got to get better at that. Awesome. Well, Ben, anything else you want to add from Inbound? Take everything you can with it. Watch all of the sessions. You get to rewatch them because there's just too much juice that's being squeezed to try and take it all in. Yeah. It's, it's so much, awesome. yeah. Thanks for coming on, fellas.
Hey, how's it going, guys? Just signing off from HubSpot's Inbound 2022 conference. Had a fantastic conference, met a lot of great friends, and took a lot of online relationships and took them in person. So I do recommend taking good opportunities to meet people in person and take those connections that you've made online and deepen them in person. You know, I've had a great opportunity to do that at this conference. So you need to figure out where are people that work with you? Where are they congregating? Where are the conferences? Where are those in-person meetups? Because it's starting to be a great time to take advantage of those opportunities. And I think this conference was a great opportunity for me to do just that, catching up with a lot of great HubSpot friends and getting to meet a lot of new marketing and sales friends in the process as well. Thanks so much for joining and I look forward to seeing you at a conference again soon. you enjoyed these outbound sales lift episodes of interviews at inbound i'll be releasing new episodes of the outbound sales lift soon featuring one-on-one interviews with thought leaders in sales development to help you elevate your sdr team and transform your sales development efforts subscribe today so you don't miss an episode thanks so much for listening have a great day